Yo, yo, yo. We live? We live? I think we're live. All right. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Got a couple live viewers already. I'm going to be breaking down the full UFC Vegas, I think it is, card. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Vicente Luque. Should be a good card. That's a solid main event. Vicente Luque coming back after some time away from the octagon after he got beat down by Jeff Neal and had some issues with some brain issues, um, blood in his brain or something crazy like that. So, yeah, it should be a good fight. Um, and the card's decent, you know. Card's decent. Card's decent for betting. And we've also got Bellator this weekend as well. So I'm going to have UFC bets locked in. I'm going to have Bellator bets locked in. I'm making multiple bets as soon as I jump off this podcast for both events. And we've just come off Dana White's Contender Series, which was earlier today, which we won almost six units on, plus 5.77 units. We cashed on Cesar Almeida, plus 200, uh, cashed on Peyton. Peyton looks like a good fighter, man. Peyton Talbot looks like someone that could be doing very well in the future. He's in a bantamweight division, which is the best division in the UFC, so it's going to be tough. But yeah, Dana White's Contender Series was really fun earlier today. And obviously, it's always more fun when you cash a lot of money. So we're going to continue to climb. We've been on an insane run this week. Um, we've got a few people in the chat already. You know, Wolfpack saying, you helped me cash last week. Amazing guy. Amazing work. Appreciate it, bro. Last week was uh, a bad week on the UFC for me, but a really good week on the other events. So we ended up winning four units overall last week. But the UFC was a really bad event. One of the best, uh, one of the worst events of the year. But then the 1FC and the PFL was one of the best events of the year. So... We made money last week. We've already made money this week. And I'm hopefully I'm going to make some more money this weekend. And hopefully I can help you make more money this weekend by breaking down a full card. As always, if you want my full card picks and predictions, my official bets for every single fight, every single bet we have, you can go to lucrativemmabetting.com. We've won just under 100 units this year. In fact, I might have broken a 100-unit barrier this year. I'm not 100% sure, but... After winning 5.77 units, I think we're like 98 units of profit or 99 units of profit in 2023 already. And it's only been seven months. And we're, I think we've got like 397 units of profit overall in under four years. So we're smashing it. We're making a lot of money. MMA gambling is how I make my full-time income. So if you want to join me and do the same, or at least get a second income from it, then you can do that on my website, lucrativemmabetting.com. Well, without further ado, we're going to get straight into it. I'll break down the full card. I haven't done tape for every single fight. So if I haven't done tape, I'm going to tell you. I've done tape for like 80% of the card. And I just thought I'd put out a podcast, even though I haven't done full full tape yet. Just to give you guys some content. You know, my man William Tyner saying shout out to James for the consistent content. Thanks, my man. So I took a break from YouTube because it was getting too saturated. It was getting boring. I like to do new things in this uh, on this planet. I don't like to do the same things. And I started doing full card breakdowns on YouTube many years ago. Not many people were doing them. Now everybody and their dog does them. So I kind of pulled back from it a little bit, but I've been missing it. And I know my audience has been missing me because I get DMs all the time. Please do full card breakdowns. So I'm getting a lot of comments on my videos saying you want me to continue doing full card breakdowns. And that's the reason I'm here today. So again, if you want me to do full card breakdowns, keep letting me know in the comments. It helps with the algorithm and it also lets me know that you want it. So let me know if you want me to continue these. I did one for Dana White's Contender Series. I might do that for the whole nine weeks of the show. But without further ado, we're going to get straight into it, man. I'll go on Tapology's order, order and let me just type it in now. I'll go on Tapology order and the first fight of the night on Tapology is... We will see here. 
decent card, you know. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to this card. I think we're going to cash on this card, to be honest. All right, guys. So, first fight of the night, Rafael dos Anjos versus Vicente Luque is Juliana Miller versus Luana Santos. I like Miller a little bit in this matchup. I haven't done full tape on this, so I don't really want to go in depth, guys, honestly, because I haven't done the full tape. But from what I've seen on tape, Juliana Miller may be... I don't know if she should be the dog here. Luana Santos, she doesn't look that good to me. She's a pretty girl. Maybe that's why she's getting overhyped. Oftentimes, you see these girls that are pretty... They get overhyped. I don't know why. I guess it's because they're marketable. You know, I remember Paige Van Zant back in the day, even a few others. Like, they're marketable girls, so they get a little bit overhyped. She looks all right, but I saw her lose that decision against uh, Jenna Bishop. She didn't look great in that fight. And Juliana Miller, she might be getting a little bit underrated. She's a very gritty girl, extremely gritty girl. And I know she lost and she dropped the ball against Veronica Hardy last time out as a massive favorite. So there may be some market overreaction for that. But... Like I said, I do want to do some more tapes. I'm not going to really go too in-depth on this fight, guys. I'll go in-depth on the other fights that I have done full tape for. But my thoughts at the moment after watching a couple of their fights, and I do want to go back and see some specific things, especially in the wrestling and the grappling department. Um, at the moment, my thoughts are that there may be some value on Miller here. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, so the next fight is... Damon Blackshear versus Jose Johnson. But this fight was made a few hours ago. I think this fight got made 12 hours ago. Haven't done tape. Next fight, uh, Montserrat Ruiz versus Jacqueline Amarim. I think Amarim's going to um, finish Montserrat Ruiz. You know, I'm not going to put this any other way. Uh, I'll put it bluntly. I think Amarim is a very good fighter. I know she got found out in our last fight against Sam Hughes. I bet on Sam Hughes in that spot. Sam Hughes was plus 200 underdog. I didn't understand why. It was a very good night. I remember cashing a plus 200 underdog on two fighters, Christian Rodriguez over um, Raul Rosas Jr. and Sam Hughes over Jacqueline Amarim. So it was pretty good, you know. I faded two fighters that were basically round one or bust. And that's what we saw in the Jacqueline Amarim fight. She was round one or bust because she didn't get the tap out in round one. And she got dominated for the next two rounds. She completely cardio dumped. And she showed that she wasn't really ready for that step up in competition. Because if she didn't get the first round stoppage, she was going to cardio dump. And I guess not much has changed. You know, if she doesn't get the first round stoppage here, she probably does cardio dump. I just think she will get the first round stoppage. I think she's going to submit Montserrat Ruiz. Jacqueline Amarim is a multiple time world Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. And we see that in her fights. Against Sam Hughes, she got her in deep, deep rear naked choke attempts and a couple of other submissions as well in that first round. And I don't understand how Sam Hughes didn't tap. I thought that we was completely out for sure. But Sam Hughes is a motherfucker, and that's why I bet on her. She's gritty. She's got toughness. And she didn't tap, and she was able to win the fight. But I don't think Montserrat Ruiz is going to be able to get out of those positions at all. Montserrat Ruiz is probably going to go for the head and arm throws herself anyway, which she does every single fight. And that's going to get her back taken. Amarim is definitely going to be taking Montserrat's back if she tries to get her in a head and arm throw. So... It's not going to work in this fight. She's not going to be able to head an arm throw her way to a decision victory like she did all them years ago or, you know, maybe a year or two ago against Cheyenne Baez. I'm, I'll follow you home, bitch. 
So yeah, man, I, I think uh, I think Jacqueline's going to get a submission in this fight, and even if she doesn't, I think she can probably still win via wrestling because I don't think Montrat Ruiz brings the pace or pressure um, that Sam Hughes does. The next fight is Josh Parisian versus Martin Bidet. Horrible fight, sloppy, sloppy fight. There's probably some value on Josh Parisian here. Um, Will I be playing him? I don't know. Do I really want to get involved in a fight of this nature? I don't know. But they are giving me plus 180, so they may force my hand. I mean, Martin Bardet is basically cage push or bust, right? That's literally what he does. In that Jake Collier fight, I bet on him, and I was not happy in that fight. I mean, he got beat up in the first round, and I thought he was going to lose the fight. He ended up winning because he won via cage push. I mean... Jake Collier is just gassed out completely. I think Parisian, I don't think he's going to gas maybe as bad as Jake did in that fight. Maybe he will. It's really low level. But I feel like this fight's like minus 110 apiece, really. I mean, I don't understand why one fight is minus 200. It's just because he's got multiple wins in the UFC. He's undefeated. Martin Bidet is undefeated in the UFC. And that's probably why he's a big favorite here. But if we actually look at it objectively, yeah, maybe he can push him up against the cage and win. But, man, I don't know, bro. I, I honestly think um, I honestly think Josh Parisian is value here. So will I bet on him? That's different, right? I can think so much value and not bet on him because maybe I'm not confident in my read or maybe I think the fight's so volatile that I don't want to get involved. Sometimes the volatility helps you, but at times the volatility means that you don't want to get involved, especially usually if it's a favorite. Um, this one's an underdog, so maybe the volatility helps us in this regard but anyway i think there's value on josh parisian maybe i'll bet it. i don't know we'll see shout out to everybody in the chat if you're here make yourself known if you've got any questions please let me know i always try to help people with questions about gambling or about anything in in this life the dx is saying payton talbot looks like the new generation's alex caceres for sure man he looks exactly the same you know he looks like a mini alex caceres tom nolan looking at dan hooker mark schillenberg is saying love your full card breakdowns I try to watch all your content. I appreciate you do a lot to help the up-and-coming gambler like myself. Yeah, and that's what I like to do. You know, when I first started off this channel, one of the first the first video I ever made, I broke down Derek Lewis versus uh, Ilya Latifi four or five years ago. And I said in that video that I don't just want to make prediction videos. I want to help people gamble. I want to teach people how to fish, not just give them the fish. And... I still want to do that. That's still a passion of mine to teach people how to gamble because it took me like 10 years to learn how to actually gamble professionally. And so I don't want it to take you 10 years because that's 10 years of your life that you can get back faster by listening to people who do it full time. So that's what I always try and do. So if you have any questions about bankroll management, about how to make it as a full time gambler, any of that stuff, you can ask me in this chat. You can ask me on the comments. I'll reply to you. But you can also go back and click on my YouTube channel and watch all of the videos, the countless videos I've made to help people earn money from MMA betting and betting in general. William's saying not a lot of girls survived that round one that Sam Hughes did, 100%. He's also saying that Parisian landed a front kick on Pogues and breaking his toes was the most Parisian thing I've ever seen. Josh Parisian is an interesting guy, man. He's a very interesting guy. Um, but I think there might be some value on him, so... We'll see. The next fight of the night is Francis Marshall versus Isaac Dalgarian. Yeah. I haven't taped this one, guys, so sorry about that. Next, uh, Terence McKinney versus Mike Breeden. Yeah, I think Terence McKinney's been found out now. We know what Terence McKinney is about. He's round one or bust. 
basically. I've cashed on Terence McKinney a couple of times. I was this close to playing Nazim Sadikov in his last fight. Ended up passing. I fucked up. Should have bet him because we saw what happened. But Mike Breeden's either going to get finished in the first round or he's probably going to win like every other Terence McKinney opponent, right? For the most part. And I feel like Mike Breeden has some value here. I mean, I, I don't feel great about doing it, but there's got to be some value on him. Terence McKinney's minus 300, guys. How can you play... How can you play a round one or bus guy at minus 300? Yeah, maybe he gets his first or second round stoppage, but McKinney just, he doesn't have gas, man. Like, the, he just doesn't have gas. How can you not? Like, Mike Breeden's tough. I know he's been finished, but he's still tough. Like, he's got heart. He's got good cardio. He's a tough guy. It's, it's going to be hard for me to not bet Mike, Mike Breeden here. I mean, what, what do I have to say? What? what breakdown shall i give you in this fight it's not we know what terence mckinney is there's no super stylistic breakdown i can give you yes i i, I do think that terence mckinney probably will get back on track in this one because mike breeden is very open to being submitted and grappled dramatically to be honest even more than the striking i would say but terence can knock anyone out on the feet with within the first one or two minutes but i'll i'll always fade terence at minus 300 for the most part against anybody with a with a pulse and i do think that he has a pulse i honestly do um i don't have much to say about this fight guys but i might bet mike breeden the next fight is marcus mcgee and jp Byers, and again i think i might have to bet the underdog here i mean i think jp Byers can submit marcus mcgee in the first round i think he's definitely going to be able to take him down i've seen marcus mcgee on tape struggle with takedowns i've seen him struggle with people taking his back um good people but i have seen him struggle with some you know in, in the jiu-jitsu realm and i think jp Byers, although he's been destroyed on the feet multiple times in the ufc and i've cashed against him multiple times as well uh i cashed on cody durden i think i bet the under two and a half in that fight i cashed on Montel Jackson, I think I played his money line at minus 400, but I also played the under two and a half or inside the distance there, and he got dropped four times and somehow didn't get finished. I also played Bruno Silva at plus 180 against him. So I've faded JP Byers many, many times. I've never even bet on him. But now he's up at plus 300, and it's like they might be forcing me to bet him because I do think he's a good grappler. I still think he's dangerous in the first round. I still think he can lock up some submissions, especially the choke game. He's got a decent choke game. And Marcus McGee... He's probably being overrated from that great performance that he had against Journey Newsom in his UFC debut coming in on short notice. We see it time and time again. These guys are overrated. And I do think that Marcus McGee is probably going to break JB Byers in round two or round three. But I'm happy to take a shot on him at plus 300. So we'll see, man. Maybe I'll play the sub. Maybe I'll play the round one sub. Maybe I'll play the money line. Um, I don't know exactly what way I'm going to hit it, but I'm fairly confident I'm going to be taking some type of poke on JP Byers here, because I think that a lot of his game is predicated on taking Marcus McGee down and getting him in bad positions on the mat, to which I do think Marcus McGee is susceptible. So, you know, stylistically, I think it's worth a shot. The next fight is Josh Friend versus Jamie Pickett. Bad fight. Um, I don't like this fight, really, to be honest. What's the line on this fight? Yeah, I mean, should Josh Friend be minus 350 here? Should he be minus 400 here? I find it very hard 
I know Jamie Pickett's no good, guys, but I don't know, man. Minus 400 just seems a bit crazy to me because Josh Fremd, he's like Jamie Pickett's tough. You know, Jamie Pickett is tough. I know he's been finished a couple of times here, but I don't know, man. I think he's tough. I, I, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to bet Pickett, but I won't bet Fremd at minus 400. You know, I think it's a little bit wide. I think maybe it should be like minus 250 or something. Um, Jamie Pickett's long for the weight class. He's very strong in the clinch. He can, he's quite good at cage push. Um, he's a massive guy and he's very, very tough. So I feel like this fight's going to be closer than it should do at certain points, but I am picking Fremd here. Um, he definitely should get the win. I, it's just, it's just a fight. It's just not my type of fight. It's just not my type of fight where I'm going to be making a big case for one fight or even getting involved in my money. It's just not one type of fight. It's not the type of fight that I want to do that in. Um, the way she goes is saying, did you wind up playing Hadley? Apparently he liked Durden and I liked Hadley and there was no under on that fight. Durden won by decision. Um, I don't know what you mean by there was no under on the fight. Uh, but yes, I played Hadley in that fight. I thought Hadley was going to submit him. I was quite confident that Hadley would submit him because of the stylistic matchup. And after the fight, I don't, I don't really think my read was wrong at all. I mean, he had him in a deep, deep armbar and a triangle and a guillotine at the end of the first round. If we had 30 seconds more in the first round, he probably would have submitted him. If he didn't have an insane jelly on his arms, he probably would have broke his arm uh, and he would have submitted him there. So I think Cody Durden was a great bet. So well done because it was a very good bet over the 15 minutes. But I also think my read was very good on the fight. I thought it would be quite close, but Durden would end up being submitted. And we kind of saw that in the fight. So, um, but yeah, Durden's an Durden's absolute beast, man. And I ended up losing money on Jake Hadley to submit him. And Jake Hadley money line. I, maybe I shouldn't have played the money line when I think about it. Maybe I should have just stuck with a sub. But it's easy said in hindsight, you know, so I don't know. Uh, the next fight on the card is Tafon Nchukwi versus AJ Dobson. What's the line here? Let me check the line. If anyone's a big favorite, I just bet the other because uh, this fight is a close fight. Yeah, okay, so we got Tafon at minus 150. If anything, I'd play Dobson here because I don't think anyone should be the underdog, honestly. Uh, I'll probably favor Dobson, you know, very slightly. I think Dobson's a lot faster. Um, I think he hits maybe even harder. And that could be the the difference maker here, you know. I think Dobson's going to be landing some good straight shots down the pipe. And Unchuki is tough, but he's been finished recently. And I don't think, you know, he might not keep being as tough as I once thought he was since he's been finished recently. Oftentimes we see fighters, they're really tough and then they get finished once or twice and then they just keep getting finished. So, I definitely do think that um, Dobson's going to be able to land some heavy shots on him. I just think he's the quicker of the two. He's got faster hands, and I think he's going to be the quicker of the two on the um, in the boxing. And I do think that's probably going to be where the, the difference maker is. But with that being said, I think the fight's extremely close. I don't think AJ's a great fighter, and I don't think Tofon's a great fighter. Tofon's probably stronger than him um he probably could get takedowns even though he doesn't shoot them often i don't think aj is that good on the ground especially when his bum is put on the ground he's got decent takedown defense because he's athletic 
But yeah, overall, I think it's a close fight that I definitely favor AJ in, maybe 60%. So I'll actually flip the lines. I would make AJ a minus 150 and Tefon a plus 120. Um, so I don't know if I'm massively going to bet it or anything, just because I think it's a very close fight. And oftentimes I don't want to get involved in these close fights. You know, everyone says, if there's a close fight, you should take the underdog. I don't always agree. Sometimes you just don't want to be involved in a close fight because you want to be involved in fights where your fight uh, blows the other one out of the water. And if they're only giving you plus 120, it's not. if it's a plus 200, I'm, I don't mind getting involved in a close fight. But if it's plus 110, plus 120, sometimes I do mind getting involved in a close fight. So, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to bet um, AJ Dobson, but I would flip the lines. And I may bet him. You know, we'll see. The next fight, and as you can see, I'm smashing through this because, I mean, I don't want to be speaking too far, um, too much about, I don't want to be speaking for too long here. Um, oh, the way she goes says, oh, I thought you said I hit the under on that. You thought I said I hit the under, but then you told me there was no under. What does that I don't understand that? Because obviously I would have already known there is no under. And I didn't speak about it this stream. So I don't really know what you're on about, bro. But yeah. Um the next fight is Poliana Viana versus Yasmin Lucindo. Yeah, I like Lucindo here. I think she's a good fighter. Um when she first came into the UFC, I bet on her at plus one eighty against um Yasmin Uregi. I think that was a good bet. I still think that was a good bet to this day. But I don't think it was a good bet because I predicted it to happen. I think it just happened to be a good bet because I thought she was going to be able to get some takedowns going. She didn't get any takedowns going. She just competed on the feet, which I didn't think. I thought she would do all right on the feet, but I did think she would. I did think she would lose there. So it ended up being a good bet, but not because of my read. You know, so sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. Like even if you have a good bet, maybe you kind of got lucky with that. And I kind of got lucky in that one because what I was predicting to happen didn't happen. And Lucindo now has become this brawler. But she's really, really good on the ground. She just doesn't have any wrestling. If I was Lucindo, I would just be focusing on my wrestling as much as possible. Because if she gets the fight to the ground, she's dominant on the ground. I can tell you that now. She's a very, very good fighter when the fight gets to the ground. And in this fight, I think she has Pollyanna Viana covered. I really do. I mean, Viana's an okay fighter. Um, and what's the odds here? Let me have a look. Um... Yeah, Pollyanna's like plus 150. Honestly, I think Lucindo's uh, value here. I don't think Lucindo should be worse than minus 250 in this spot. I don't really understand why she is. Um, yeah, what, I mean, how does Viana win fight? She takes you down or she gets taken down and she hits an armbar or something. She's very dangerous from her guard and she's dangerous in the jiu-jitsu. But I think Lucindo is really, really good in the jiu-jitsu. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Viana gets submitted here. So... It's like the only way Viana's probably going to win the fight is on the ground. But I actually think Lucindo might even be better there. We just haven't seen it yet. Go back to the regional scene, guys. Lucindo's legit. And she's very young and she's only getting better. So, yes, Lucindo all day for me here. Uh, the next fight is Khalil Roundtree versus Chris Dawkins. Very weird fight. Very hard fight to predict. Um, Khalil Roundtree, one time he looks like a world beater. And the next fight he looks awful and he gives up. But he throws very hard. He's very athletic. And I don't know, man. Um, Chris Dawkins is fighting another 
big black dude who can hit hard, it might spell trouble for him. Chris Dorcas obviously moving down in weight here. Um, just a weird one for me, guys. Just a really weird one, you know. I don't really have a big opinion about this one. I watched tape for it, and I was like, uh, anything can happen. Like, Khalil Roundtree is such a wild card. And on top of that, Chris Dawkins is moving down in weight, coming off three bad, bad first-round knockout losses. It's like, it's just way too much volatility for me. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe you play Chris Dawkins just because he did look good once upon a time and... But I don't know, man. He's never won a fight out of round one in the UFC other than that Shamil fight. And that was around two early knockouts. It's just, I don't know, guys. I don't want to speak about this one, honestly. I don't have anything to say here. Moving on, whatever, whatever. Maybe someone else has a, um, maybe somebody else has a good opinion on this fight. Because I, I just, honestly, I don't. Um, next fight, Cub Swanson versus Hakeem Dawadu. I think Swanson's past it. I think Swanson's past it. Um, what's the line here? That would do at minus 220, minus 210 is probably value, honestly. Um, I don't really know what Swanson can do to beat Dawadu here. I don't think he's going to be able to grapple him. And I don't think he's going to win on the feet. You know, Dawadu's got decent takedown defense. Um, yeah, I, I think Dawadu is the, the, the clear side in this one. He's the better striker at this point. He's got better durability, even though I don't think he's got good durability. He does have better durability. Um, Cub probably Cub, Cub could land a knockout blow. You know, he's very unorthodox, and I, I think Dawadu's got a bad chin. I've been saying it for years, and no one really knew. And then we saw in his last fight against or against Julian Arosa, I think that was his last fight, he got knocked out all over the place. He just didn't get submitted. I mean, sorry, just didn't get finished. And now everybody understands that Dawadu's not got a great chin. So it's possible that Cub catches him, but I think um, I think Dawadu should win that one pretty cleanly. The next fight is Vicente Luque versus RDA. And just before I go there, I will... Um, I will go to uh, the chat. And as I said, man, if you want to see more of these videos, I know I've been fast today, but... I just want to get them out of the way, you know what I'm saying? I'm hanging with the boys, but I don't want to be here for too long because I've got many bets to lock in. I've still got more tape to do, and I'm doing that right after here. So if anybody is in my service, you can expect many bets from me within the 60 to 90 minutes after this stream. So definitely stay up for that. We'll lock some bets in. We'll take the Dana White's Contender Series profit that we got earlier, and we'll put them on some bets this weekend. We're playing with the house's money. We're up almost 100 units this year. So we're playing with the house's money right now. Um, Khalil Roundtree is going to win this fight, Wolfpack thinks. Uh, it's all about gas tanks, and I don't think Dorcas can handle it. Yeah, it's weird, though. He's never gassed in the UFC. You know, he's never gassed before. We think he probably will because he's a round one merchant, but he's never gassed. The only time he's got beat, he's got knocked out early in round one. So it's nothing to do with gas, you know. So it's, it's really tough to say that. I actually do think he probably would gas. Like... If some if someone bet me, like, is Dorcas got good cardio or will he gas? I would actually say he would gas, but it's very hard to confidently say that. Baz is saying Dorcas always looks meh. I think in his wins, he's looked really great, to be honest, but they're just early wins, so you can't take much from him. Zen Maki saying, agree, most of the Brazil girls will be unstoppable if they focus on wrestling for a couple of years. Yeah, man, I don't understand why these amazing jiu-jitsu guys don't just focus on wrestling. Like, I just don't understand it. You know, they want to get really, really good at striking because they've already got grappling, but... I think because they're such good grapplers, they kid themselves and their ego gets in the way and they think they're good wrestlers as well. But you're not a good wrestler, bro. It's a completely different game. You're a good grappler. You've got good jiu-jitsu. You are not a good wrestler. 
but I think because they're already in some type of grappling art, they don't want to accept that they're bad wrestlers. We see that in jiu-jitsu a lot. You know, most jiu-jitsu gyms, they don't even teach wrestling. They don't teach grappling. And so then when they go in jiu-jitsu competitions, they have to pull guard. They can't even get a takedown. And But they kind of think they can because maybe they can pull guard. Or it's just a weird ego thing for the most part. William saying, should we be sketch about the brain surgery or should we trust the UFC medical staff? Luke does have some statistical advantages. For this one, bro, I do think that it is a bit of a worry. I mean, it's never good when you hear that Luke has been having problems with his brain, right? Any fighter that's having problems with their brain that's had to take a year out after their first knockout loss ever, and now they're coming back. It's never a good look. A lot of people are on Luke in this spot. A lot of people that I actually respect. I'm on RDA here. Um, by the way, I haven't bet him at all. I've placed no money on him. When I say I'm on RDA, I mean I'm picking RDA. Will I bet him? I don't know. I'll see where the line goes. I'll see how confident my read is in a couple of days. I'll speak with the people in my circle and determine what we think as a team. And then I'll make my decision whether I'm going to place any money on this fight. But at the moment, I'm definitely picking RDA to win. I think that on the feet, it's fairly close. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. I think that on the feet, it's fairly close. I think both fighters can have some success. I don't like the Luke's coming back after that brutal knockout loss with all of these brain injuries. I think that's only going to be a negative for him. I don't think it's going to be a positive for him. It's either going to be neutral or negative, right? Like if we're honest with each other, it's either going to be neutral or negative. It's not going to be a positive, right? So that's just another thing that we sprinkle in in our cap in. It's definitely either a neutral or negative. I tend to think it's going to be a negative, He's never been finished in his career. Then he got finished brutally in his last fight. And when I say brutally, I mean it was a beatdown for three rounds. It was worse than a one-punch knockout. It was a beatdown sustained for three rounds, right? And so now, even if he's fully recovered, how is his approach going to change? His approach may change. We don't know. He might not be the Luke of old in the offensively because now he's been finished the first time in his career. We don't know how that's going to affect him. We can guess. We can guess, but we don't know. And it's not going to be positive, right? It's not going to be positive. And it might be negative. So it's either neutral or negative, like I said. And so I think it's fairly even on the feet, like I said. I mean, Luke, I do give him the edge on the feet. I do think after a while, he will be the one to figure things out, figure things out over RDA. But RDA is a tough matchup for anyone, even on the feet. You know, he's having some success against Hafai Fizaev and fighters like that who are really good on the feet. Luke gets hit a lot. Even in fights that he dominates, he gets hit, he gets hurt. Rafael dos Anjos can still crack. He's still going to catch him. And I think Rafael dos Anjos has the grappling to lean on when things get tough. I think he can push him up against the fence. I think he can get takedowns. I don't think he's going to just consistently hold him down. But I do think he can get takedowns. And I do think he has very good jiu-jitsu. So for me, it's like there's lots of unknowns on the um, Luke side. Potential negatives coming back after that knockout loss to Jeff Neal. And then the striking's fairly even with RDA having a grappling advantage. It's like all the signs for me point to RDA in this spot. There are advantages for Luke. You know, as I said, he's got a slight striking advantage. He may have finishing upside. I don't know. They're both very tough. I mean, as I said, we don't know. Like Luke was caught in a deep sub by Chiesa. A few fights ago, he was knocked out by Jeff Neal. We could say Luke has the finishing upside, and I tend to agree, but 
Maybe not. I would say that that's quite similar as well because RDA will take you back, man. RDA will arm triangle. RDA can get you in a submission. And who knows how Luke's chin is at this point. He gets cracked every fight. He's been wobbled before. So it's just tough, man, when you see a fighter who's had a historically good chin get knocked out. It's never a positive. You know, it never, it never goes well for them in the preceding years. But something Luke has is age. You know, RDA's getting old now, man. RDA's old. And also, Luke's a big guy. He's a big welterweight, whereas RDA is a small welterweight. So there's definitely some advantages on Luke's side. I'm not saying that at all. But for me, more advantages point towards RDA. So for that reason, I am going to pick RDA to win the fight. And I'm not 100% sure what way I'm going to bet it. So that's it, man. Bang. Bang. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. You know, I wouldn't be making this content if I was making this content to no one. I mean, maybe I would be talking about it with my boys, but I probably wouldn't be in it on YouTube with you guys. So I want to shout out to everybody in the chat. I want to shout out to everybody that comes on here every single week and speaks to me because I really appreciate you. And when I come on and do these lives, it's just like I'm hanging with my mates. It genuinely is, you know, because we go back and forth. We talk about fights. It's one of the things I love doing, you know. So I've got my man John Valentine, Enzo, Nathan Scott, MMA partners, William Tyner, Zen Monkey. All of you guys, I recognize most of your names. And I love chatting back and forth, man. So shout out to all of you. Um, anybody got any questions for me before I shoot off, please let me know. And I'll address you in the chat. John Valentine saying, does lines like Lucindo's determine your big bets or do you go by advantages no matter what the line is? Definitely. So I think the question you're asking is when you make big bets, when you make max bets, is it based on the line or is it just based on the stylistic of the fight? And it's based on both for sure. So when I make normal bets, it it's always based on the line, right? Always, because I'm not going to bet a fighter at minus 500 that I would bet at plus 500, obviously. So it's always based on the line. But when I make my max bets, usually my max bets are around minus 150 to minus 200. That's just what naturally has happened. Um, and the reason I make my max bets is two reasons. Stylistically, I think they've got a massive advantage, you know, in one or more areas of the fight, usually most areas of the fight. And also because their line has massive value on it. Right. So I would never max bet a minus 700. I'll never say never, but I basically would never do that. But I would max bet a minus 300, for example. Um, but most of my max bets are like minus 150 to minus 180 range. Enzo saying, do we worry about Terence McKinney getting it? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, he can hit hard. He can knock anybody out. But for me, at minus 300, it's like, uh, if you're playing Terence McKinney, please don't play his money line. Play his KO or, honestly, more likely play his submission. I think he can definitely get a submission here. Um, don't bluff. We're playing RDA all day. We'll see, man. We'll see. Um, I do think it's a close fight. As Shane's saying, he's a small world away. Um but I do think he has some advantages in this fight. MMA punter saying, with the contender series started, UFC want to unload some of the roster. Pickard and JP Pickett and JP Byers likely going to get cut. Don't know, man. JP Byers might get that first round submission. Then he ain't getting cut. His first win in the UFC. Ends up saying, I think RDA wins by points. Yeah, Luke's a tough motherfucker. It's just like, I do think it would be points, if anything. But it's like, since we've seen him crack now, brain injuries, blood on his brain, it's like, damn, man. It's a bit scary, you know. We never know how he's going to come back. Wolfpack saying, I think watching Bilal outdo Luke over five rounds, a healthy RDA with no negative camp story should be the safe bet. 
Yeah, but Bilal's really, really elite, man. I think people really, really underrate Bilal. He's elite. I'm not sure that RDA can just duplicate that, although I do think it is a good sign. Mark Schillenberg saying, thanks, James. Appreciate it. He likes RDA. You'll probably have a bet on him. Daz Files is saying, thanks, James, and chat. Mountains of cash. And that's what we did. we've been doing this year. Mountains of cash. We've won a hell of a lot of money this year. Uh, my bankroll is looking absolutely fat. It's almost like every single week we win. It's kind of crazy. Um, it's just a really hot run that we've been on. I mean, I've been a hot, like being honest, I've been on a hot run for four years. I mean, me betting is a hot run. I've won 400 units in less than four years. You know, the record is undeniable. But this year, especially, it's been a really hot run. It reminds me of my 2021 year. It's just like we're winning every single week. And yeah, life is good, man. I can't, I can't complain. Um, I've won a lot of money and I'm just going to keep on doing it. And I, and, I'm going to keep on earning people money as well. So if you want to earn money with me, directly with me, get access to me and all of my sports betting training courses on the website, you can go to lucrativemmabetting.com. Just click the links in the bio because that's where they will be. And you can get all of my official picks and bets and predictions. And you can get all of my other content if you sign up for the Elite Zone. I do full card breakdowns for every single major event. I'm doing Bellator this weekend. I'm going to do a full card breakdown for Bellator and the UFC and the bets that I'm going to place and the bets that I'm thinking of placing but might not place and tons of other content. So come join me on the website. The price is extremely cheap for the amount of money you will earn. It's basically an investment because the amount of money that you're going to spend to buy, you're going to get way more than that back. So it's basically the membership is free. You know, I thought about this a few times. The membership is free. Because if you sign up with me, you're going to earn that money back way more than that as well. So it's actually free to sign up with me, which is kind of crazy when you think of it like that. But it's the it's facts, you know. Uh, the record is the record. So that's it. Shout out to everybody, man. I appreciate everyone. Daz Files, best of luck, bro. Let's go, Daz. Mark Schillenberg. I'm going to be back in a few days with some more content. And good luck on your bets this weekend. If you're fading me or tailing me, whatever it is. Good luck and see you next week or in a few days. We'll see.